following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Christianity has become known for judgy people, strange words, ancient stories, confusing rules, and a members-only mindset. This is why I stayed away from the church for so long, but it's not supposed to be that way. I'm Jill Devine, a former radio personality with three tattoos, a love for a good tequila, and who's never read the entire Bible. Yet, here I am hosting a podcast about faith. The Normal Goes a Long Way podcast is your home for real conversations with real people using real language about how faith and real life intersect. Welcome to the conversation. This season is all about storytelling and how we're relating that to people's faith lives. And so I'm going to use me as an example for some storytelling today. And I have brought back a popular guest, Pastor Jim Mueller. Hey, Jill. (laughs) Thanks for welcoming me back. You can hear Jim in multiple episodes. I'll have them all linked on our show notes at normalgoesalongway.com. And this is going to be a really broad statement when I say I asked you to come on to talk about sin. And we've talked about sin. I mean, we talked about Easter and sin and even I, I just the idea of sin. Sure. But I want to take it to another level because of a couple of things. And this goes with my story. I got this book out that when I became... And I, and I should say to the listener, in case they don't know, you are my teaching pastor at the church that I go to and the church I work at. And one of the things that we have is a membership class, if you would choose to be a member. And there's a book that they use for that class called Getting to Know Jesus. And my husband and I took this class, uh, it was probably 2018. Okay. And I decided to go back and look at it um, and and just see if anything like sparked my curiosity, so to speak. And I kept coming back to something that you recently preached on to. And I thought, hmm, if I'm having these questions still or had them, somebody else's. And when I talk about sin, I am talking about the first thing that comes to mind, evil people. Mm-hmm. And so when I was looking through this book, I I kept noticing all these different things that I wrote down, evil people, or what does it mean? How can God want a relationship with everyone? And how could he be okay with what these people did? And then there's been this, I don't know, popularity, I guess you would say, where you look at some different kinds of Netflix shows or Amazon Prime or just original shows that are either documentaries or shows, fictions, created around these evil people. Yeah. Jeffrey Dahmer comes to mind when I say that. Yeah. And you preached about that at the end of the year, 2022, in a series called Offended by Mercy. And so... Some of these questions that I had when we were first taking the class have been answered for me, or they have been not 
so on my heart because there's a little bit of the growing my faith that I understand, but I'm still, it is hard for me to say things like Jeffrey Dahmer to you. It is hard for me to say that out loud, or it's hard for me to think about the individuals, or I'm, I'm looking at news stories and it says, uh, remains of a three-year-old right. found, you know? Another school shooting, right? Like, yes. Oh, this stuff just like terrorizes our hearts. And I know the ultimate answer is it's between God and the person, right? I don't know. Is that the way to think of it? I just know that I still struggle with that. I, first off, I think it's great that you're still getting into that book that you studied a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, for y'all that don't know, Getting to Know Jesus is written by Paul Schult, who is a friend of mine, and he used to be uh, a pastor uh, here in the St. Louis area. So I, I love Paul. He's amazing. And if it's a book you ever want to pick up, just kind of looking through the basics of, hey, what is the Christian faith? It's a book I recommend, too. So I'm glad um, that mm. all these years later, you keep getting yeah. into it, and you're looking back at your old questions and maybe wondering, hey, how has my faith grown, or what questions do I still have? Or I, I think that's just awesome. And it's normal, normal language, yeah, too, yeah. which is, is, yeah. So He's writing to real people. Right. Yeah. So where do we begin on this? Where do we dive into? I know it's complicated, but, you know, is one sin truly not bigger than another? How, I guess let's go back to your preaching on Offended by Mercy. Yeah. And that had to do with Jonah. Yeah. Most individuals, even if they're not in the Christian faith, know who Jonah is. But do you want to do a, a quick summary on Jonah and what we know him for? Yeah, I, I think um, a lot of people look at the story of Jonah and they kind of stop at the whale. Right? Yeah. In a sense, they look at the story of Jonah and they ask themselves, do I believe the Bible when the Bible has a story about a guy getting thrown overboard and surviving in a whale or some sort of giant fish? For three days, and then getting spit out and still living. Right. And they think that's the point of the story, Jonah. Like, did it happen or did it not? Is this a myth or is it not? And is the Bible true? But really, the whale part of the story isn't even the story. The story is Jonah, a prophet, struggling with his God. Because as long as God wanted him to speak to Israel, Jonah was happy to do it. If he's going to confront the Israelite king, he'll do it. If he has to speak to a group of people and say hard things and challenge them, he'll do it. But the minute God says, I want you to go to Nineveh, to go to Assyria, who's been your enemy for almost 100 years. In fact, you've been, you've been having wars with them during this time. Uh, these are the people that maybe Jonah and his friends probably hated more than anybody else. For God to ask Jonah to go to Nineveh and to preach a warning to them, that's what he was offended by. He was offended that God would want them to hear a message. And then what if they repented? He knew God would have mercy. And that made him so angry. And he's offended by God's mercy. And the way I look at it, I think that's true for a lot of us. Like, I'm a believer. And you're a believer, and it's wonderful for God to say, Jill, I forgive you, or Jim, I forgive you. 
But when you look at God's forgiveness for somebody else, maybe somebody who's wronged you, somebody who's lived in your mind a worse life than you, or somebody that's done horrific things, that's when we start to get offended by mercy. When you explain Nineveh, and what was the other? Nineveh is a is a place within Assyria, the wider okay. nation. Modern day Iraq. That's what I was just going to ask. Can yeah. you do a, a, a modern day explanation of that? So Jonah's a prophet, which means God has spoken to him. And God's like, I want you as a prophet to go spread the good news. Yeah. So that's what Jonah's su- supposed to do. Yeah. And um, one of the things that you had mentioned in the sermon, I'm going to get it wrong again because I always bring it up to you, but you had the, the statement to think about really kind of took me by surprise. So. Let's think about who we who we hate or yeah. the worst thing ever. You made the statement that Jonah had two possibilities. Yeah. Walk me through that again. Yeah, so kind of two possibilities. You go and preach to Nineveh. You hate them, they hate you. You get up and say really hard things. Number one, they might kill you for it. Like, how dare you come speak to us this way? And number two, they could repent. And God could have mercy on them. And I think for Jonah, he didn't know which one was worse. I mean, both outcomes were terrible because he didn't want them to become forgiven. He didn't want them to receive mercy. He didn't want their country saved. Uh, He didn't want anything good to happen to them. Because they were evil to him. or I mean, in his mind. And like evil. They were just... Yeah, and, and he had good reason to think this. This isn't just racism. I'm not saying that's not a part of it. This isn't just uh, nationalism on Jonah's part. I'm not saying Jonah didn't struggle from a little bit too rampant nationalism for Israel. There's a lot of reasons to not like them. I mean, Assyria was known for skinning people alive and torturing them that way, letting them bake into the hot sun with no skin to protect you. I mean... It's horrific, it's scary, it's disgusting, and they were known to perform child sacrifices. Maybe the single thing in the Old Testament that's spoken out more against is when the God of Israel looks at, out at the world and says, this is how everybody's practicing religion. They would resort to child sacrifice. And the God of Israel is constantly sending out his prophets saying, this is so evil, this is so wrong. So, yeah, from Jonah's point of view, from our point of view, of course. I mean, Nineveh, they were doing terrible things. They're not, they they were not good people. And from Jonah's point of view, the fact that some sort of destruction was going to come upon them was just. And he's right. But God could have mercy if God wanted to have mercy. You specifically talked about Jeffrey Dahmer. Yeah, sure. In this series, too. Let's walk through that again. I have not watched the series. Yeah. It's on Netflix, right? Netflix, <laughs> okay. yeah. Okay. I I have been told that, hey, you don't you're not interested in that. You're not interested in him. But if there's one part you should watch, it's the part where he is in jail and he's saved. I don't know because I didn't watch it. And there's been some question about that. So let's go there. So when somebody okay. comes to you to, with that. Yeah. So 
for a lot of times for research and writing that I'm doing or preaching that I'm doing, uh, speaking, uh, there's a number of things I'll assign myself. Some of them might be theological, but uh, probably a wider portion are secular in nature. I'll read into psychology, history, sociology, uh, whatever seems pertinent for what we're kind of planning out for a year. In this case, when I was thinking about being offended by mercy, because I grew up when, when Jeffrey Dahmer was committing uh, many of his crimes. Uh, so I knew the story, and I knew the rumors about him. But when I saw that it had become like the number one series on Netflix and one of the most wildly popular, and of course, people would ask me as their pastor, they would say, why are people interested in this? Mm-hmm. Uh, why, why are people watching this? Why is it so popular? And uh, so I decided, you know what, why don't I figure that out? This isn't something that my kids wanted to watch with me. They're teenagers. I guess they could, but it wasn't something they wanted to watch with me, and good. And my wife certainly was not going to watch this. She is not interested in learning more about evil. She sees enough evil just in the regular world that we live in. Yeah. She does not want to be exposed to that. And, and I think most people, a lot of people at least, probably feel the same way, and good for them. They should be sheltered. From from these kinds of things, but for me, um, I assigned myself to watch the series, and I wanted to personally experience as a father and as a husband. I personally wanted to experience the storytelling and to fully know how evil and or what kind of evil he did. I'd heard about cannibalism. I had heard about the terrible murders. I had, I had heard about the sadistic sexual acts. But when you watch the series, you experience it just a little bit more. And then I read up on him as well, just to make sure that the series was trying to do things accurately. And, and yeah, you get to that scene at the end, as you have now, like the subtitle of the show says, I mean, this is, this is a monster. They have shown him to be a monster. The things he did were monstrous And then you get to the scene in prison where he knows he deserves to die. It's clear. He knew that what he did, nobody else was capable of doing. And there's a scene with the priest. And I got to say, Netflix, I have rarely seen such a presentation of the gospel. That's so clear. That's so accurate about Jesus and God's grace and exactly what the cross and forgiveness, what, what that can mean an individual, no matter what they've done, no matter what baggage they have. It's so beautiful and it's so clear. And then we're left with the idea, and this is the understanding, that he gave his heart to Christ. We would say he converted. He became a Christian. He became a believer. And then we have to ask, is God's mercy so great that maybe the most evil person in my lifetime that I can imagine, Jeffrey Dahmer, is in heaven? And that God has received his son back and loves his son and sees Jeffrey Dahmer the same way that I see my kids. As a pastor, I know that's what I preach every single week. And as a human, that's when we have to wrestle with, are we going to be offended by mercy? That's what the Jonah series was. That's why I did the research. I haven't had it in my dreams. So, so far, it hasn't done too much damage to me, Jill, but... You wonder about that sometimes, you know, like when you're a kid and you watch a scary movie and you have nightmares, like, 
I haven't had that in my dreams, and I think that's good. Maybe God's even protected my heart a little bit just to make sure, hey, you know, let let my boy sleep well, and God's taking care of me. But uh, for any of you that have watched it, like, hey, wrestle with that scene. That's, um, you know, wrestle with the whole thing. Like, I think we all need to wrestle. You, you used the word sin right at the beginning. Let, let's wrestle with the sin and the brokenness that is in humanity and what humanity is capable of. Do you think? As you said, and again, I have not watched it, yeah. that you saw this beautiful representation of the gospel. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, how wonderful could it be for someone who's not a believer or, you know, maybe they're just trying to figure it all out, is convicted by that and comes to church, opens a Bible, reaches out to a pastor, reaches out to a person who is walking in their faith. Like, how great is that? But then on the flip side, I'm wondering, there has to be people that are going, that are, are saying something bad about it. Like, oh, this is, yeah. do you know what I mean? Like, I love, and I, I think people that have been listening to this podcast over time know that I want to see the good in all. I want good. I want love. I hope anyone that saw that part is like, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to talk to my pastor. I'm ready to go find a pastor. I'm ready to find a church. It's the people that I'm, I can't control that are going to give God a bad name because of that. That's hard too. If that makes sense. It does. Uh, I actually, that's a serious thing for people who are on the fence about faith. That's a serious thing for them to wrestle with. Cause you, yeah, you see that and you're like, Wait, if that's really what Christianity is all about, mm-hmm. is that when you when you put your faith in Christ, all of your baggage is just washed away. That's not fair. And you know what? They're right. It's not it's not fair that uh, a monster like that could be forgiven so much. The only thing I would challenge with that is we we all have to look in the mirror and really examine ourselves. What about me? What do I deserve? And when I, when I look back at all my baggage, past, present, and the stuff that's going to be in the future, like there comes a point where I think all of us have to admit, you know what, I don't deserve heaven. I, I, have, I have not been the neighbor I need to be. I, I try to be. I haven't always really tried to be. I think there's been times in my life where I deliberately tried to do wrong. But, I mean, I, I try to be loving and kind. I think this is maybe, th- this is the great thing about that scene. The priest didn't look at Jeffrey in the show. And from what I understand from history is true. He didn't tell him that God saw the good in him. He told him God was the good for him. He was pointing him to Christ and Christ's goodness. Now, I think God can see everything that any of us could be. Yeah, God does see potential in us. God sees, God sees his own image that, that he created us into, and he sees who you could be. But, you know, even if you had never done anything good, and there was no good in you at all, God became the good for him. And I, I, that's the gospel. You know, it's not just, like, I look at Jill and I say, uh, Jill, you're a pretty good person. I see the pretty good in you, and I know you have your faults. No, it's saying, 
Jill, no matter what you've done, no matter how much good or bad, it doesn't matter. Christ loves you. Christ has done this for you. I'm going to value you the way that Christ valued you. That's, man, that's good news. When you were talking about your wife and your kids, but especially your wife saying, I do not want to watch that. I don't want to watch any more evil. And I was like, yes, again, I haven't watched that. I also started thinking about, and I, and I wrote this down because the latest, well, right after, I mean, it depends on on when you, I get to, to get to things late because of my two kids. So sometimes something yeah, sure. comes out and I'm like, what? When did that come out? But on Peacock, the Casey Anthony story. Okay, yeah. And a lot of people have been watching that and they're like, I get evil. Now that I have kids, I cannot believe this. And so I wrote down after you mentioned that about your wife, wait a minute. Should we be watching these things so that we can have a better understanding and try to help be the people that Jesus wants us to be, which is, so, can you tell I'm like, it's so hard to say that because I, again, I haven't watched it. Your wife hasn't watched it, but maybe that's what we have to do. Do we have to educate ourselves and put ourselves into these situations to understand? Maybe some of us. I don't think for everybody. Okay. I, I don't think for everybody because I think, I think everybody's heart, you have to know what your heart can handle. Yeah, like I know. I know mine. I would, yeah. I would be a broken mess all the time. Not everybody can be a social worker. Yeah, you're it right. It takes special people to be a social worker because sometimes you have to walk through some serious mud that's in people's lives. Yeah. I mean, it, and not everybody can be a police officer because you see some horrific things. I have a cousin who's a police officer. He's wonderful. And when we get together, let's say Thanksgiving or something in the past, and I'll say, how's your heart right now? And he goes, glad you asked oh because he's got stuff to say and they have a chaplain that meets with their department and everything he's in the austin area um but but he'll say i'm glad you asked he goes i don't have anybody to talk to this stuff about i'm like all right go ahead shoot give it all to me let me know and he saw this and he saw this and then just last night and he's tired today because you know all the things you would expect him to say you know all the things you would expect him to say and he sees that. And so what I, what I told him is you, you have to take care of your heart. You have to know that if your cup's been filled with this much muck this week, you need to refill it with this much good. And it's, it's super important to do. You got to get it off your chest, but you also have to replace it with a certain amount. And so like in his case, I wouldn't probably recommend in that given week when stuff's been real tough, like maybe this isn't the time to watch uh, CSI. Yeah. Maybe this isn't the time to, you know, wh whatever whatever your vice of choice is. Maybe this is a time to watch Elf. Something funny, something good. Something, mm -hmm. um, or like who are you going to surround yourself with? Maybe you need to surround yourself with people who build you up, who lift you up. So, yeah, no, I... Okay. I don't think everybody needs to be exposed to everything. I don't think everybody everybody should. I think it's not healthy for everybody. Um, but there do need to be leaders in our community and our families who um, understand the ways of the world. There has to be somebody 
who knows when you need a house alarm. I want to go back to the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. And when I said that I... Oh, by the way, you talked about Casey Anthony. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do, did you watch the show or no? No. I don't... I mean, there's this intrigue that I kind of do yeah. because I really remember that case yeah. strongly, but then there's this part of me that doesn't. So the I, I used to drive daily by right right down the street to by the place where she was, the uh, mental health facility mm-hmm. where she was going to spend the rest of her life. I used to drive by daily uh, for five years, and every morning I would say a prayer for her. I would drive by, and it was right there. So all I had, I mean, the sidewalk was next to my car, right? And then there was the place. And I would say a prayer for her every day. And I would say, um, God, everybody else in the world sees the worst person in the world. God, do do something in her. I didn't even know what to pray for specifically, mm-hmm. but I would pray for her every day. And my kids were, man, Age three up to age 10? Yeah. They were little. Yeah. So, but in a way, I was setting myself up for the day because, you know, I was going to get into my office and I was going to have to deal with families that were struggling with stuff and individuals that were doing with stuff and and a, and a kid that was in jail for something. You know, I was going to have to interact with all these people and I was going to have to be, um, um, I was going to have to bring God's grace to them. So... Why not bring it to her? Yeah, and nobody nobody drives down that street and sees that building and doesn't think about her. There's a bunch of other people in there too who are going through their own struggles or 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 had their own mistakes, of course. Um, but you you when you drive by that, it's like, oh, that's some place where Casey is. I'll let you know if I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you let me know if you watch it. In one of my questions about evil people. Yeah. I remember in the membership class, referring back to the beginning of this conversation, I remember saying it out loud, you know, I just don't understand. I, I don't understand. And, and the way she put it is you don't have to understand. It is between God and the person. Only God knows what's on your heart, what's in your heart what you are. And that did hit me because I thought to myself, well, yeah, that's all about judging. Like I, nobody knows except for him. Mm. And so something that you and I have talked about, because that hit me, but then when you and I started talking about putting ourselves not in God's shoes no not that but as a father as a mother Mm -hmm. and our children yeah I'm not gonna abandon my child when they do something wrong and that was another pivotal moment for me like that's me and God that's you and God he's not abandoning us I want to say just a few weeks after I had first watched the Dahmer show I saw that Jeffrey Dahmer's dad was going to be on Dr. Phil. And I don't usually watch Dr. Phil, but uh, I got home early one day. I had to pick up my son from school, and so I got to leave work a little earlier that day. 
And I saw that Dr. Phil was on, and sure enough, it was one of those episodes. So I got to watch, like, the second half of it. And it was, it was amazing because there was a couple victims who were on the show being interviewed with uh, another psychologist and Dr. Phil. And then Jeffrey's dad came on, and he asked them to forgive him or was going to in the next episode, was going to ask them to forgive his son. And I guess what I kind of saw from that is, you know, you know, for me, once again, like I'll say, did Jeffrey Dahmer really convert? Well, I don't know. I wasn't there. Um, I'm not him. I wasn't that priest who was even there. And I'm not God. So I, I can't even judge any of that. But from his dad's point of view, he believed he had. And from his dad's point of view, I don't even know if he just wanted them to even have a single kind thought about his son, or maybe if he just wanted that for them. You know, because they say, like, when you forgive somebody, you've really just forgiven yourself. Mm. The one who gets healed is you. Because yeah. somebody that might, not for, not, might not receive that forgiveness. Oh, I, I don't care if you forgive me. Yeah, but at least I got that off my chest. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to keep your pain in my heart anymore. I don't want to keep my anger for you in my heart anymore. And that's hard. It's hard. It's really healing. And the one who really gets healed is you. That, that, and maybe that's what his father was trying to say. I, again, I don't know him. I don't, I don't know any of those people, but I think you're right. Like as a parent, you look at your kids and you're like, I know they're going to make mistakes. Yeah, they will. Like you and I did. Yeah. What if they make worse mistakes? What if they make the, the very worst of mistakes? You know, like, shouldn't a mother at the end of the day be the one person who won't just give up on them? Or maybe a father. I'd like to believe that's exactly what God is like. I certainly think that's what the Bible's saying. I certainly think that's what Jesus believed. And it's certainly what I, I tried to, to show to others. God is exactly like that. And a little bit better. Because I'm a dad and I still have my faults. But, you know, like, like I understand God's love to a point. Like, I, I have it to a point. Um, yeah, but if God feels anything for his children the way you feel about your your, your daughters. Ugh. Man, we're in good shape. And, and yet I know it's abundantly more. Well, as we wrap up this conversation, yeah. offended by mercy and sin, any last minute statements, advice, words of wisdom you would like to give me and the listener? Okay, so you had you had shared a statement with me before. Isn't is is all sin mm, yeah. really the same? Mm -hmm. I don't like that phrase. Okay. I don't like that phrase because I don't think that's the way to look at it. I think the way to look at it is we are all trapped in sin. We are all in a state of sin. And we all commit sin. Obviously, if I punch you, that's way worse than if um, I play a joke on you. If you murder somebody, that's way worse than slapping somebody. 
The Bible isn't saying all sin is the same. It's saying that we're all trapped in the same state of sin. And that all of it separates us from God and it separates us from each other. And so whether whether somebody slapped you or punched you, is mean to you, it all separates you from them. It, 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 is, it all violates the way that God the way that God has really set up this world. It's, it's a broken world now. It's not supposed to, we're supposed to live in harmony with each other and with God. That's why the, in, in the Hebrew Bible, one of the key words is shalom, peace. Peace, harmony. Things are supposed to be in harmony and they're not. They're in disharmony. And like, we're all playing notes and they're all out of tune. But they could be a beautiful, beautiful song. So, when I, when I want people to think about sin, I want you to start at the beginning when things were good. Adam and Eve were naked and eating mangoes and they were happy and their marriage was perfect. And then it wasn't. And then suddenly they are shameful. They're ashamed of each other. They're ashamed of themselves. And the world goes in disarray. And that's where we find ourselves. The good news is what started with the tree will end with the tree. Maybe I'm talking about the tree of, of life at the end of Revelation. Right now, we just live between the trees. And in, in the eternal history of our existence, that will seem like a blip on the screen. This hardness and life and brokenness that we all live in right now, let's say we live to 80, Joe, that will seem like a blip on the screen for the eternal existence we'll have. And that should, that should give us some hope. As always, thank you for your expertise. I know you'll be back, and we'll just keep on hoping. Hey, God bless everybody. We're praying for you.